we're back. We are. This is part three of our examining the Macron presidency uh, for non-French people. And our baby has been behaving so well, is really invested in us sharing these insights because this siesta is, uh, is glorious. Yes, <laughs> very nice. Um, so getting back where we left uh, with the Macron project for pension reform. So starting with the end, uh, the pension reform is currently on, on hold. It was put on hold by the COVID crisis. Uh, it was the object of two months of intensive protests and strikes. So from uh, in December 20, 2019 and January 2020. Um, and it was meant to be uh, discussed and voted in the in the new parliamentary session from uh, 2020. But then, uh, but then COVID happened, and, and as, as we, we know, it was a bit of its own issue. As we mentioned before, this was following through you. It was scandalous. Like the secretary had uh, was part of. Uh, five different uh, think tanks 13 13, 13. different no then it was 5000 euros a month yes, exactly. that he was getting from the different uh, from his participation in the different think tanks yeah right? ex exactly that's uh... and these think tanks were not uh, let's say uh, think tanks for the advancement of human knowledge no it was uh, it was not just to further the human understanding of pension uh, macroeconomics, but it was actually think tanks driven by uh, Blackstone and by by Black some Rock. of the Black BlackRock, Rock. sorry, yeah. and some of the some of the major power holders yeah, exactly. in and, the world of, uh, and, and big, of insurance. Uh, and big well. French insurance company. Yes, abso absolutely. So as I, as I said last time, one of the motivations for the pension reform is mostly to lower the cost of pension for state and to and to save and to save money. So basically, let me let me try to summarize very quickly what yeah. I have understood of this of this uh, model that's called that so-called the Swiss the, the Swedish model. No? Mm -hmm. That is that the state lowers uh, its contribution to the final pension. So let's say. 400 euros or, or something like that. Well, let's say something that is just uh, very barely um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and below probably a living cost or, mm -hmm. or just barely. And uh, then private citizens will contribute to private funds, pension funds, and with whatever you have contributed, if the money that you've saved, that will turn into how much money do you get from your pension fund once you retire. Yeah, exactly. So the idea would be to transition from the current French model of uh, pension that guaranteed by the states and are based on redistribution from uh, from from taxes uh, from taxes on the workforce mm -hmm. to a partially privatized system. What is the basic pension in France at the moment? Uh, it it's complicated because you have. A lot of uh, a lot yeah, of different different statuses. I guess you I guess you have like in Spain a non-contributive pension, so that will be kind of the, the the lowest one. So if you haven't contributed to the to the pension uh, 
to the pension market and then probably a minimum pension. Yeah, I would say the very lowest that we have right now, it's short of uh, 800, 900 euros. But, but again, I'm really not sure about that because it can be contingent. Okay. And, and for example, SP, but in, SP, this SP, new, in, the, in this new scenario, probably what we're talking is lowering that yeah. to a 500, what I was saying, no, a 500, a 600, or the equivalent when this... Uh, when this uh, when this pension takes into into place. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and again, the the long story short is again that there is no financial need for that because currently the French system is working, is financially sustainable because in the in the political discord they've decided that we need to reform the pension system and people need to work longer because otherwise there's going to be a deficit in the in the pension fund. Uh, again, this this has been thoroughly debunked by independent uh, independent political uh, institutes that's uh, probably part of the of the analysis of Piketty you know when when he um, he analyzes the the wealth gaps and and he analyzed how the how the middle high class have become more high or have have been amassing more wealth yeah and a larger portion of the middle class have been kind of um, a middle, middle, low class have been uh, uh, left with less means, no? To, to yeah, exactly. Comparatively, what uh, what uh, what Piketty underlines is that capital is going to exponentially be more and more concentrated because it, it's the nature of capital, and this is why uh, state redistribution is so important. And uh, if I got it correctly, also wealth, the the tax on wealth and on the on the higher classes have been also been sliced or reduced over over time as um, as as the wealth the accumulated wealth of the biggest uh, b- biggest uh, families has mm. been has been increasing uh, uh, not even linearly no but uh, exponentially yeah absolutely so so yeah so the and the pension reform is still a very contentious subject because it's part of uh, so it was put on hold because of the COVID crisis, but it was written in uh, in Emmanuel Macron's program for, for going, his second presidency. You're going to 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 fast to to this is uh, that this is part because I want to share that from the Spanish point of view. So from the Spanish media, I was following up uh, the, the the political news uh, uh, from Spain, even though we're emigrated. Uh, Every day, and they were mentioning this, uh, this, uh, man- these demonstrations against the reform and so on. But how they were framing it was, well, the secretary of pensions seems to have been part of some uh, of some uh, think tanks, and the extreme left <laughs> is making a huge deal out of it. That was how the. How the left-leaning or center-left-leaning media in Spain was framing it. So me having the other story from your side of no, no, he's making five thousand euros a month. He's been in thirteen different commissions, and he's saying that he doesn't see any problem on this because he was saying that for uh, almost a month or at least three weeks or something like that until it was untenable, right? Yeah, no, no, that that that's generally the the Macronist answer to anything that can look like a conflict of interest, and there are quite a number of those. It's like 
yeah, I'm sitting in all those boards and I worked in this specific sector and, uh, and some big actors of this sector were my former employees, but it just means that I know the field very well and that I'm very qualified, uh, qualified to do it. Conflict of interest? What conflict of interest? Absolutely not. Of course not. <laughs> not, po not possible. Doesn't <laughs> exist. And then they try to sip it in during the first confinement, right? I remember that, uh, that during the first confinement... They were tr there were these demonstrations before the confinement, mm -hmm. very heavy demonstrations in the middle of. Uh, I remember that, that winter was uh, what was the well was right before the the explosion of uh, mm -hmm. of the of the epidemic of the, of the pandemic, but um, but it was a tough-ish winter and people were still demonstrating daily and keeping a very... Which is usually winters are the killers of demonstrations. Yeah, exactly. Right? The, it, it goes to show how strong that is that, like I said, it was almost two full months of constant demonstration in January and February, yeah, the, the hardest months. Yeah, of... January and February, so hot of the winter. And uh, and to show how, how bad it was, so at the end of February, so right before uh, before COVID exploded, um, there was to be a, there was to be a special uh, uh, minister council, so government uh, government meeting, uh, to discuss the COVID crisis and to discuss the sanita sanitary measures. Uh, but when the but when the minister council was gathered, uh, they 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 found out that the purpose was not to discuss the COVID situation, but instead to discuss. Uh, how to push the pension? Yeah, exactly, and to and to use policy a, forth. Yeah, exactly, and to use a French constitutional demonstration that allows the government to to force pass uh, a French so, constitutional but power, no, yeah, a special powers that yeah, will to, allow to, them to to to, for, to force push a law, and so instead of discussing COVID while it was really starting to become a source explode, of concern, yeah. the discussion was how can we force pass this law that everyone is. Uh, is against and, uh, and and that people have been protesting against for for two months straight. So that's, but it uh, it they, it's a, it's an interesting sense of priorities, is what mm. I say. <laughs> it got but it got it got uh, paused. No? I think it, an important bit now. I would like to 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 go back to to the time when I was uh, younger and I was uh, more. Uh, and 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 I was more positive about Macron. Uh, an important bit to to talk as well is that he's when he speaks in English, he will he will do a fabulous uh, minister of exteriors in a way. He's uh, he has been relatively positive. He, his influence in the international arena or in Europe, let's say, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare to, to have an opinion on his influence on uh, post-colonial countries in La, Franco, uh, in La Francophonie, but in Europe at least and in the arena with, uh, with the States, I think that he's stances has been relatively net positive and has been uh, on a rallying cry of let's unite Europe, let's unite into institutions that are stronger in Europe and that we, we can have more stronger stances and more strategic impact together. Yeah, that, that's something I would definitely grant him is that in international policy and and in the french constitution international policy it's, is one of the reserved uh, powers of the president so it's the president and only the the president who who is in charge of it 
And um, and yes, he's definitely be good in that because he's one of our first president that is really internationally minded and who. He's and one of the first presidents that speak English. Yeah, in particular, and and he also has a very strong uh, Europeanist uh, pro pro Europe uh, pro Europe position. That's uh, one of the things he was he was elected for, and and yeah, I. I dare say, in terms of political representation abroad, uh, he's been rather good, and and he's also melted a lot for uh, political communication and, and political uh, and political gain. But yeah, that's uh, that's that, that's another point. <laughs> so Amor, he has two points, but uh, it seems like uh, he was he was really hated by a lot of the left and by a lot of the center left. Uh, by the end of the of of the of his presidency of his first tenure as a president so what uh, what else uh, were the the highlights of why that uh, why that hate so what what happened well i think uh, so first a lot of the hate comes from the very neoliberal policy that was made so the situation was already bad but it has gone from bad to worst especially for the health sector for the education sector that has been more and more, more and more dismantled. Um, Macron has also very much been criticized for his climate inaction. Uh, France actually has been uh, condemned in international tribunals for for climate inaction. And uh, one of the one of the objectives of the Macron presidency was to have a, was to have a strong climate law. But in the end, since he didn't want to go against uh, private business interest, uh, France is really lagging in terms of, uh, of carbon reduction objectives and, and again, has been uh, condemned for that. Um, what happened politically is that after his election, uh, the socialists were only 6% and Macron realized that he already had uh, taken the biggest part of the of the Conservative of the of the of the neoliberal, so, neoliberal. So, socialist so to consolidate his power and his electoral base he had to go right because there was no mm, there was nothing see, more there was nothing more to take on the left but there were uh electorate on the right so he has uh so he has veered right and and generally now because originally he was saying that he was centrist uh, center left uh, but now he's really veered right and he's considered a right-wing a right-wing president and and one of the way he accomplished that and which is what you do when you're uh, part of the right bloc in France is to double down on uh, on security on security authority and uh, and fighting against against immigration ah, I remember sorry going back to to the to the pensions I remember that you told me at some point that one of the first thing that they did when they were uh, starting to when the demonstrations uh, against the pension the pension reform started was to secure the pension stability for the for the for the for the police yes exactly right? so, so, yeah, so, but... so he actually <laughs> he actually nailed that one and said no 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 but your your pensions are going to be fine don't worry yeah exactly so in a very yes in a very telling uh, decision uh, when the pension reform was discussed and drafted uh, the the police were out of it so they would not because they would keep their current pension system they would not have to go under the under the new system which is again very telling because if it was such a positive and necessary pension reform why would you keep uh, 
a whole profession out of it, but especially a profession that you that you need. And we are talking that this happened at the tail end of the of the Yellow Vest movement, when the Yellow Vest movement as well had been very very terrible in, in, in regard of the, the, the direction that the police were given yeah. to be to repress the, the, the yellow vest. Uh, so I, I'm not I, I think personally I would not blame the police for the for the for the policies but the but the policy makers or the or the direction setters that was really on the this needs to end, right? And and violence and aggression is allowed. People died during the Yellow Vest movement, right? And, yes, uh, there were some uh, there were some death ruled accidents, but still uh, people uh, and so there were some deaths. There were a lot of people that were wounded and mutilated. Mutilated, no in, life yeah, mutilations. In, including in some cases people, pe yeah, people who were not even part of the pro of the protest that were just uh, caught in the caught in the cut in in the crossfire yeah. and. Um, yeah so and again um the to to be complete this did not start with macron because the socialist mm. government also used uh police repression a lot but it certainly got worse again ah. against macron and again like you say it's not a matter of uh individual uh policemen because it's also a very difficult job and we can agree on that but uh but from a structural point of view they have what is called uh what has been called a great check meaning that they are not directly instructed to beat up people but they are just being told you need to you need to disperse the protesters by any means by any means necessary and and, and at some point yeah, and there, I, there there is a bit of impunity against if, against this violence because they are there there is an, an institution that is supposed to investigate police violence but condemnation are very 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 rare so if i if i remember correctly what you're saying that it started before uh, let's say just not to go too far be, uh, to the paths but i remember from our conversations that with holland uh, we had the, the the terrible incidents of the uh, of the attacks no of the of the terrorist attacks mm -hmm. Uh, in Marseille and in the in Paris yeah, in, in the in, in so Paris in the, the 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 Charlie Hebdo mm -hmm. uh, attacks yeah. and, and so on and so those were uh, and were those the ones that uh, that um, that uh, enable the the state of exception and uh, yeah exactly on, on security on, on security yeah exactly so after 20 after 2015 we had uh, we had specific laws anti-terrorist law to to manage uh, to manage security while the while the terror attacks were being investigated and it was a state of emergency law a state so, of emergency yeah, right? so it was supposed to be temporary but it gave police and investigators a lot of power to be able to to be able to investigate uh, but when Macron became president, it was supposed to the the restrictions the restrictions on state of emergency was supposed to be lifted, I, and some of it got codified. Yeah, into law. it was voted into the common law. So we have basically exceptional power that were given to the police, and and again, this is very enabling for uh, for abuse to to happen. So, so we're we're talking a bit of uh, potentially a, a semi equivalent to the to the patriot act in yeah, the states that's, no? uh, so, that, that's, uh, that's a good parallel great so what do we 
What do we what do we have to get to the to the end of Macron's pres presidency? Um, so yeah, so and to his hair. Yeah, so the, this is the this is the main thing. In general, Macron was elected as a pragmatic liberal with progressive leanings. He ended up being a very classic neoliberal with a, with a very authoritarian approach to uh, to protest repression with uh, with police violence significantly um, being significantly uh, shocking for a lot of people and of course a lot of uh, small sentences and provocation like uh, not uh, finding a job is easy you should uh, I can just cross the street and find you a job uh, uh, when when that I find particularly relevant is that uh, one was an old man no coming to him and not, not an old man a young uh, 30 30 something unemployed explaining that he couldn't find a, a job in his uh, in his chosen profession and they say well just go into construction uh, construction restaurant or a hotel i could just cross the street and find you a job Great. Yeah, and and one that's also very very telling. So once he was uh, he was inaugurating a, a, a new train station, and he said, "I quote: A station is where successful people and people who are who are nothing um, uh, meet." What? What? A uh, in a station uh, meet uh, successful people and people who are nothing. In a, in a train station. In a train station, ah, you meet people. Fantastic. You meet people who are successful and people who are nothing. Great. Yeah, they, this one was a, this one was also very shocking. Um, yeah, we could also discuss about how his discourse went uh, went uh, more and more to the right. So with uh, with uh, that's a um, bit of a of a Napoleon syndrome. No, he he. I, I have the the sense that when he looks at himself in the morning, he really likes. Seeing himself as the the modern Bonaparte. Oh yeah, abso absolutely. And the and and the way his party works, which is totally centered around his person, the the political program uh, is secondary. This is very Bonapartist. Uh, there's there's definitely an affiliation here. So yeah. So with that, Macron got more and more reviled but the problem was that there was no real alternative and he sort of waltz uh, toward the re-election with very little opposition maybe we'll discuss it some other time and getting back to Macron's hair because uh, so we're ending Macron's uh, Macron's story yes we're ending Macron's story because uh, well we can continue, but but when we'll discuss uh, the far right and uh, and uh, and the new left uh, some other time. But th this is this is more or less uh, it. Again, there are other things that should be discussed, especially how he reincorporated some of the far right discourse. He, he leaned to the right, so yeah. a, a lot of his talking points move to the right and to the conservative right with the defense of uh, of catholic talking but tell me about his hair so his hair so so my leftist twitter is really going very hard on macron's hair and i would say my leftist twitter sometimes has a point because they they've dug up pictures from 2017 2018 where he's clearly had you know the sort of um the sort of gaping holes to to the side, uh, to I, the side I of i perfectly the know what you're talking about <laughs> And and yeah, and if you look at recent pictures, however, he has this sort of very straight, uh, straight hairline and with a sort of very compact uh, weight of hair. Ah, on the, on you, you mean that he wears a wig or that he has a, a Turkish uh, 
a Turkish job done. That's the that's the issue. A lot of people are leaning towards wig. Uh, because sometimes also his hair implantation changes from picture to picture so that he does that he might have had some wigs and, and changed them at some point. Uh, Turkish uh, Turkish uh, hair, uh, hair implantation uh, um, treatment is not impossible. But in yeah, the, it, is, it, it, is an open, it is an open subject, but uh, but that something was done, I think, definitely. Important. In this podcast, we don't shame anyone for doing uh, for doing aesthetic jobs that will help them feel more attuned with themselves. But we punch up to power. That's, uh, that's <laughs> definitely part of the spirit. Yes, no, absolutely. The, the real issues with Macron are about his politics, politics. Uh, not his hair, but it's still funny to yes. make fun of. <laughs> Great. So, Amor, the good thing is that La France on March is no more. Oh, yes. Now we have a new Renaissance. Hobby. Yes. And we'll talk about it in another. Yes, political rebranding. <laughs> but yeah, let's not forget. Uh, they need to, the new party names need to be perfume names oh. for some reason. Renaissance by yes. Macron. 